0: Welcome to the Swim Swam Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. We've got a full panel today. Joining me is Loretta Race, Ben Dornan, and David Klossy. We've got a full Swim Swim crew here today because today we have one of the biggest topics in swimming, certainly over the last year. Holy David Popovich, uh, <laughs> what a week this dude has had. I think we've all written at least one article or video about what he's done over the past uh week certainly over the past couple months hunter free world record uh 14297 textile world record and Then the 200 freestyle he robbed us of a 400 free final but he did go 347 in the prelims which to me felt like just enough to give a taste <laughs> of like what he could do uh but He's dropping out or he, he dropped out of that, finished his meet early to focus on world junior championships. So my first question today to the panel is this, uh, is this, w- was his Hunter Freestyle the most impressive world record we've seen this year, better than Malak's Tuner Fly, better than Thomas Chacon's Hunter Back?
1: I'm saying yes. Um, for me, it's primarily because of his age, um, because it's typically... You know, I was looking at the ages of other you know world record holders, and Cielo was 22 when he made it 46.91. Okay, so and Popovich has called himself a skinny legend, so it's not like he has these bulging man muscles or he's like an Elaine Bernard. So the fact that he was able to beat Caesar Cielo's record at just 17, like for me, that's the most just mind blowing aspect of his entire race. Not to mention technique, you know, his his drive, his you know his cool demeanor you know and the fact that he's so feisty so I don't know what do you guys think
2: (laughs) yeah I think the other thing about his age I also kind of looked at other ages of some of the comps that we've been making and um, Dressel was also 22 when he went a 46 you know he didn't get the world record but he was the same age as um, Cielo was when he did break the world record Um, and when Dressel was 17 he was I think it was like 2013 when Dressel was 17 and so that was obviously before he had even gone to an Olympics and his best time at that point was a forty-eight ninety-seven. 97. So it's like great for a 17 year old. But at that stage, like when Popovich was Dressel's age, Dressel was at a forty-eight ninety-seven, 97. Um, and Chalmers, I think Chalmers was a bit closer because he was 18 when he won Olympic gold and kind of had that high level. But that time relative to Popovich was not as fast. It was a 47, five that won Olympic gold then. So I think a lot of the comps that you can make, there's there's reasons why they're similar, but in every way, Popovich is just more impressive because he's younger, he's faster than everyone, and he just has so much time to build from where he is right now. And we, we obviously have no idea where he's going to go from now, but 17 years old and having the world record is definitely I, the most impressive thing I've seen this year.
3: I think in addition to his age, also just his trajectory right now has been insane because a lot of times we see these like young... Pr- Uh, swimmers throw down pretty big performances it's like oh well they could drop x amount of time he has been doing that and Mm -hmm. it's like well at this point like i felt like after worlds we kind of saw a ceiling where he was going to be for at least this year before some like bigger time drops and then at euros he's like hey i'm going on the roof and just like there's (laughs) an extra level we can go up to because you see i mean what was it right before tokyo he went what 47 three was it? And it was like, that was a huge time drop where it was okay. like, all right, like, you know, he's not going to, it's going to be so much harder for him to drop that last three tenths just to get down, like within the 46 range or 47 range. And then one year later, and here he is five tenths faster with the new world record. And I think at this point is, I feel like the swimming world's kind of like braces, like, okay, he said he's preparing for uh, junior world. Is he going to drop again? Like what's going to happen with him? And he's just been at this, just breakneck pace of dropping uh time. So rather than just like, Oh, he could continue to drop time because he's so young. He is young and he's already been dropping time. And now it's just like, where's it going to stop? Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's also like, 142.9. I mean, if it wasn't for Biederman, like we'd be talking more about even, I mean, that was atrocious. That was like, I'm so glad Braden's actually not on this podcast because he would totally give me help because so I'm like, we're not going to see a 143. And I was right. We saw a 142. But seriously, if it wasn't for Biederman's insane world record, I think we'd be even talking about that or even the fact that, you know, he didn't go 46 of the, in the 100 free. That kind of edged it because it's the world record. But the 142.9 is just freaking insane. Insane.
0: So with that, uh, we're going to turn it over to Sink or Swim for the rest of this breakdown because we've got such a big panel and because we've got so many topics to cover. First off, uh, David alluded to it. Popovich is going to Junior Worlds, his fourth major championship meet of the year he's been to world champs he's been to junior european champs he's been to european champs now he's rounding it out with the junior world champs will sink or swim popovich will break another world record in lima peru at the 2022 world
2: junior champs i'm gonna sink it oh yeah i <laughs> will follow ben, i please. think that i would be uh I would, I would expect him to, if he was going to break a world record, it would probably be that 100. I can see him getting that, like, just taking a 1 100th off more likely than he can get down below a 142. I think that 142 is definitely, I mean, like, who knows what Popovich will do in the future. Like, if, it, it could happen. I don't think it's going to happen in a few weeks at his fourth um, international meet of the year. Um, so I would say if, if it was going to be a swim, I would say we'll see him get another hundred the 100, but I don't know. I, I can see him going a 47 low maybe. And that, that will be not impressive anymore, but still extremely impressive to see him go a 47 low. Um. So I'm going
3: to, I'm going to sink it. I think I'm, I'm also going to sink also. it. <laughs> yeah. Go
1: for it. We're saying the same thing. Go for it,
2: David.
3: <laughs> I think just because it's because it, he was, he scratched the finals of the 400 free. And he said, because he was focusing on, uh, world juniors and for me that kind of telegraphs so that even though he's going to be in an insane form where if he hadn't just gone a 46.8 we'd be like wow he's going crazy is the fact that it kind of symbolizes at least a, a, the slightest amount of fatigue which you know is it going to stop him from going 47 low probably not is it going to stop him from going 46.85 it might But I say that knowing that every time I've doubted Popovich, he's blown by expectations. I wasn't expecting best times at this meet, and he just blew right through that. I was expecting him to add time in finals when he got his world record, because that's what he does at Worlds. Turn that one around. So even though I firmly believe it's a sink, not going to be super surprised if I'm wrong on this one, just because he seems to live to defy my expectations.
1: Yes, I am sinking in it as well, only because it's like, how does Popovich top Popovich, you know, it's just like crazy at this point. So I'm sinking in it as well, but I'm with David. I mean, it's like a soft sink, you know?
0: <laughs> well, and the, the crazy part is that we've seen David, or we saw David last summer kind of take on a similar schedule. He had like three big championship meets in junior, Euro, Euro juniors, Euro champs, and then the Olympics. And he, I think he win a best time at every one of those meets at a different point in a different event. <clears throat> so it seems like as he goes, he can do all of these championship meets really well and be right near his top form or on top form at all of them, just kind of in different things. And so, but with a fourth champ meet of the summer, I'm sinking as well. I just, I can't see it. <laughs> Like for forty going 46 twice, first of all, no one's ever done that in history. Uh, second of all, let alone at the same meet. And third of all, it's, I mean, he's just changed the game entirely because that was a time that was so unattainable by so many people. As you guys said, he did it as a seventeen year old kid. But yeah, I just don't see him being on top on that top form in the hundred or two hundred. I think he's probably going to go there and swim a 50 and go best time in the 50. If he swims a 400 free, which swim fans everywhere want now, I think he could go best time in that, you know, 346, 345. I think it's funny that everyone was like, irate that he scratched the 400 free final where like no one ever in history would break a world record in the hundred freestyle and then days later, scratch the 400 free and people would be upset over it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, this is what he's done to swimming.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I'm going to make Chris predictions on the 400 free because I kind of invited it at the end of my breakdown of his 200. I'm like, if you want to go nuts and predict a 339, everyone's like 337. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I kind of egged him on for it, but it, it was entertaining to watch like the sea of the comments on that video. It's just like 39, 38, 37. I'm like, I think those are outnumbering like the 343 predictions that seem to be the most common. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it, he would
2: have gone, he would have done the 400 final if this was the big finale of his summer, but he does have that meet. When is it in early September? I don't even know when World Series I think it is.
0: starts the right at the end of August, like August 31. Yeah,
2: okay. I would like to he see him do a, do a
1: 400. He's going to go to short course worlds too. I know that's not obviously long course, but it is a championship yeah. meet. Yeah, that's
2: five championship year. meets in one year, so we don't see that very often. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to him they're just meets.
0: Maybe he just doesn't He's he he's the new Michael Andrew where he doesn't taper and he just swims fast. Uh I mean yeah, I I was I had to say I was pretty upset this morning though you know i wake up i look at my phone the first thing i see popovich drops the free final i'm like come on <laughs> it's like this is the one thing i was looking forward to today which we saw a lot of other good swims and we're, we're going to get to a few of those but it was it was a bummer hopefully maybe he sneaks one in 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 lima next up on sink or swim nicolo martinenghi is now the breast on top of the breaststroke world he's a european champion in the 50 and the 100 number two performer tied for number two performer all time in the 50 breast world champion in the 100 he got faked in the 50 in budapest but he kind of he kind of made up for that with his performance in rome <clears throat> i am curious that if you see next season at the 2023 world championships nicolo upsetting adam Peaty in either 50 or hundred breaststroke.
1: Hmm. Okay. I'm going to sink it because I honestly think if anyone is going to upset PD, upset, soft, upset, whatever, I think it's going to be Kaminga. I still point for Kaminga. He's the only other person who's been under 58 seconds. He admitted this time around he had gotten COVID not too long ago. So that was, you know, affecting his performances here. Um, so he wasn't up to, you know, his normal Arno self. So I think it's going to be close definitely. And I think Nicola could definitely, you know, have a shot at it. I'm just, I'm really pulling for Arno because he's two times silver medalist in the Olympics. He's always right there. His 50 is not great. So I would give Nicola the 50 over, over Arno, but for the hundred, I, I would really think if he did sub 58 once he can do it again. And I mean, I'm not sure what Adam's times are going to be next year, but it's, you know, he wasn't totally like his stellar self in the 100 this time around. So I'm sinking it only because I think it's going to be Arno, not Martin Nagy.
2: Yeah, I think that I'm going to also sink it. And I think that potentially his results, Adam Petey's results at the Commonwealth Games might end up being a blessing. I feel like he didn't go into this summer thinking that he was going to be on top of the world and go a 57 low or or even a 57 high. I don't think that 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 was his goal this summer after he got injured. He he clearly knew that he was going to take Worlds off and then compete at Commonwealth Games and see how it goes. That's the sense that I got from him. But I don't think that he expected to be off the podium. I don't think that he expected to be out of gold. And I think that it probably made him realize that while he still is far ahead of the world at his best, we saw that in Tokyo, he can still win gold at the Olympics. Um, I think it maybe made him realize that even at a Commonwealth Games, he can get defeated if he takes his eye off the prize for a second, which I don't think he took his eyes off the prize, his foot injury, and then kind of an unfortunate year probably made him um, take his, uh, just lo- maybe like lose focus or or whatever. Um, so I think maybe this made him realize that that he actually needs to, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't say that he needs to try harder. I don't think that Adam Petey isn't trying. I think he had an unfortunate circumstance, but I think losing the Commonwealth games doesn't hurt his brand as much as losing a world championship or losing an Olympic medal does Um, like hardcore swim fans follow the Commonwealth games, but I don't think the Adam PD brand was, was destroyed because he came fourth in a race. So I don't know in a way I'm thinking that this might focus him a bit more um, for next year Um, and and more than a year out of this injury and, and a whole year to prepare. Um, I don't see him losing. I think he'll get, Gold in the 100 for sure at 2023. I don't know about the 50. I can't tell if he cares that much about the 50, but but even without caring that much, he won. Um, even if he doesn't care that much about the 50, he still won Commonwealth Games this year and and can do a good 50. So um, I'm going to sink it. And I think that, that he's definitely not done and, and has a few more good years in him.
3: I'm going to sink as well for basically the same reasons. Uh, just because I think, I mean, we hear this all the time. Is where it's you know it's easier to be a chaser at, than it is to stay on top. And even though he's undeniably on top, I'm I'm really seeing like a big PD bounce back because now that he's had this you know off year caused mostly by injury, it's gonna you know I feel like it's gonna be able to play like a mental trick almost to like convince himself that he's like needs to like chase and like avoid you know like whether it's avoid being dethroned or he's like sees himself as not like the top dog that year. Just kind of that like almost like the mental manipulations you can kind of do to yourself in training to be like, I need to chase. So that, and like just that extra drive, I feel like is so important when you've been so dominant for so long, I guess the point was like, how do you find that extra motivation to stay ahead of the, the world as it try, slowly creeps up on you. And I think that's something that PD's tried before. I think that's why he had project 56 project immortal. Cause when you brand your goals like that, it kind of helps give you that kick. And I think, you know, he's obviously going to recover from his broken foot. And I think that like extra motivation from, you know, missing the podium at Commonwealth's, I think that's going to uh, energize him to go back to kind of what the swimming world has come to expect from, from PD in 2023 and 2024. So I'm thinking at.
1: And
0: I wish I could swim it just so I could be disruptive and uh, play devil's advocate, but Uh, I just talked to Mel Marshall yesterday morning and I'd feel pretty bad if I'm like, yeah, no, she's pretty good coach, but I don't think she can get him there. Uh, So I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you all. I think he's going to come back more motivated. I think this year was a weird year anyway, especially for Britain with having three major championship meets. And I think next year he'll probably get on a more normal cycle I think she's I think she might have said he's going to short course worlds, which is pretty
1: exciting.
0: Did. Um, I did ask her about like the, his his focus of long course and how he's kind of shied away from short course in the past. And her first response was he was he was built for long course. You know, he was not built to start to turn his starts and turns are terrible. And we have gone through so much pain and sweat and blood and tears to make them like pretty good. And Uh so that is not his forte. His forte is swimming. Um, and so, you know, that's just kind of been the focus and that's been where he's been so dominant, obviously, but it'll be super fun to see him race in that short course pool. But I think if he's in the pool, then he's going to be super motivated. I think if he wasn't where he needed to be motivation wise, he'd probably step away and he's on vacation in Greece now. So I think he'll come back refreshed probably top the podium but it was fun to think about nicolo had a great european championships at home in rome uh winning the 100 the 50 and powering that 400 medley relay to a championship record another swimmer who had a standout meet merit steenbergen of the netherlands six medals in rome including double gold in the 100 and 200 free silver in the 200 im Powered two Dutch relays, two gold, uh, which was the women's four by two, and then the mixed medley relay. Uh, do you see her kind of stepping in for the Dutch after Renomi and FEMka's retirements and bringing those Dutch relays back to prominence on the world stage moving forward as in let's say in the next two years at worlds and at Olympics in 24, do you think she can uh, be the anchor for those relays to win a medal on the global stage?
1: I mean, I've been covering merit since 2015. She was the breakout star of the European games. Um, and she was throwing down some of her fastest times that long ago. So she's, she's one of those like natural talents. She truly is. And she took a break from the sport you finished her studies or at least like part of her studies. So, you know, the fact that she's back and she's kind of rocketing back up in terms of the that speed. I think her PB, I think she did, yeah, 53.41 was her lead off at Worlds and that was a, a personal best uh in the 100 free. But it's for me, I kind of wish she would just stop swimming the IM and just focus solely on the on the freestyle sprints because she's just not that yeah, she got silver at Euros, but the whole final wasn't that fast, quite honestly. And she's not like, you know, going to be like a 206 or 207. I mean, like nothing totally crazy in the 200 IM. So I wish she would just table that and focus solely on the sprints, but the Netherlands, it's going to take more than just merit, you know, obviously two huge powerhouses, like you mentioned retired. So maybe Merritt can kind of be like the, the catalyst, I guess, for like a resurgence, but it's going to take more than her to, to have that much of an impact on the Dutch relays.
2: Yeah, I think I agree. I am I was just looking at kind of who else they have right now. And just looking at the hundred free rankings for that country for this year, it's merit occupying, I think the top eight spots and then Tessa, I don't know how to say it, her last name, Tessa Giel, um, and a few other swimmers that are in 54 mid to 54 high. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that while merit's improving, I got down to 53, four, which is pretty significant for her. Um, I don't know if I see them getting back to where the Netherlands was in 2008 to 2012 when they were. I think they won in 2008 at the Olympics and then got silver in 2012. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know if just her right now makes me think that they're going to get back on the podium um, in the next two years. But I think that that she has a case for her potentially getting on the podium or getting into some some major international finals because um, I, I kind of didn't know her backstory as much as Reddit did. But but it's really cool that she's kind of having her second wave and getting back into it now. And she's still taking off time. Um, so I would think it on the really young. Yeah. True. I yeah. What's she 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. So she's a total phenom. Yeah. And so it is like new to some people, not so new. You know what I mean? If you follow her to earlier career, it's just, it's yeah. That's yeah. why I was saying, I think she's like a natural, you know,
2: definitely. I'm yeah. So dis- official answer is sink, but
3: sorry, David. <laughs> I'm going to play the disruptive role and go for a swim. Uh, two reasons: one, we talked about how, like, you just said, younger, gone personal best recently. There's some room, and especially you know after kind of like you see a swimmers kind of like when they have time to kind of like refocus on the sport, then that kind of opens up the door for like big drops um, and improvement, continued improvement. So I see that helping out, but also you mentioned her being a catalyst. I think she's going to give the most important thing. And that is hope that we have a chance to medal. And then the other three legs, whatever that winds up being is going to, that's going to be their motivation when they're training. That's going to be their motivation when they're at a competition, because now that they have this one key player, they can rally around, then they're going to be able to try and bust uh, through uh, back onto that podium. Uh, I think it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, uh medley relay how they kind of at trying to get that gold medal at the Olympics I mean you saw James guy scratch out of the hundred fly in order to try and get that gold medal because they wanted everyone to be firing on that I could see a similar situation where uh other components of that relay, are like we need to go in on a relay if they're able to kind of shift their focus onto that I do see that potentially happen so I'm going to swim it
0: I'm glad you did it David because I'm sinking it. <laughs> Uh I I do appreciate that perspective. You know, I was kind of trying to think like US and us. So I, I'm I'm thinking I don't think their medley relay has much of a chance to meddle on an international stage, but four by one, potentially four by two, even though they were not super fast at Europeans, they did win. She anchored in 156. And it's like if your fastest leg by a couple seconds is 156, that's not really gonna get the job done. But I'm so Australia and the US, I don't think are going anywhere in the next two years in those relays. Um, but th- so China is always a factor in the four by two on the women's side. Um, and so it's like between and then Canada is kind of that other X factor that's been there. And without Kyla Sanchez, that leaves a little bit of wiggle room for like, oh, how are they gonna fill the role? But you still have Penny. You still have Maggie McNeil. Hmm. You still have Taylor Ruck. Uh, Summer you have Summer McIntosh, who threw down a 53, I think, at Commonwealth on the relay. She was she was on that relay that medaled. So like her speed is coming. She's obviously great in the tuner free. So it's like there that they, I don't think there's enough room to see them wiggling their way in there, but I would obviously love to see it. As, a, as from the disruptor perspective, I think that'd be awesome if the Netherlands could find their way back on that podium uh, and kind of rally behind this second coming of Steenbergen. Speaking of second comings, <clears throat> Ruda Melutite, uh she is back with a vengeance, double 50 breast titles at Worlds and now at Europeans. She threw but surprise and, and double bronze medals in the hundred breast at both of those meets. The big shock though to me here, she won a best time. Uh nine years later, the first time she's got a best time in this event in almost a decade, 2944. She was uh 14 one hundreds off of Benedetta Palato's world record, and she took four one hundredths off of her own Lithuanian record and personal best, which is just I mean, that's Call that a success to me, at least. Um, I mean, that's pretty wild, and she looked dominant doing it in the semifinals. No one was close to her. Do you see her breaking that world record of Pilatos? Uh, you know, in in the lifespan of of this second coming of Ruda, uh, do you see her breaking a world record?
1: I'm swimming it easy. I I feel like that's an easy swim. Um, I mean, she's fired back up originally when she came back to racing, she was kind of like, I'm just doing it. You know, I'm kind of seeing how it goes. She didn't really have anything on her agenda. And so I think the fire is totally just naturally. It's just the way that she is as a competitor. And so now I think she's like right there. And I mean, she's not going to be able to let it go. So I, I feel, and it's so close. So I'm totally swimming. I think that's an easy swim. What do you, yeah, what and do I think that the,
2: the fact that she has two more world championships before the Olympics, like, I think that 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 one, of, she's going to be the person that that benefits that from that almost the most, the fact that she'll have a world championships next year and in 2023, or sorry, and in 2024 if she decides to go. Um, and then, obviously, the 50 breast isn't at the Olympics, but that's two big chances to race that event again. And obviously, she has probably two more European championships, which is where she's gone her fastest time yet. So I think she has a lot of opportunities, and 0.14 of a second is definitely not too much. Um, I think that, considering that Benedetta Pilato broke it by 0.10, I feel like we definitely don't know how low that record can go. The 50 breast is not one of the main events that people focus on. So it was kind of shocking when Pilato brought it down by a tenth of a second, and, and it just kind of exposed the fact that that record can probably get a lot lower. Um, so I'm swimming it as well for the long course 50 breasts, but I am maybe cheating by saying, what if she could get the short course, 100 breaststroke record, which is kind of a fun history lesson that I only remember today is that she broke it in 2013 and then Alia Atkinson equaled that time, 102.36 in 2014. And then again, in 2016, Atkinson went the exact same time. So three people have gotten that world record. Um, and I don't know how much a best time in the 50 breast will translate in the long course, 50 breast will translate to a best time in the short course, 100 breaststroke. But I mean, if we're seeing her go faster than than when she was an Olympic gold medalist and multi-world record holder in, in just one event, I think we definitely don't know her potential. So I could see her getting the long course 50 breast and the short course, 100 breast. And I don't know if I'm ready to say the long course, 100 breaststroke, Lily King did a lot with that record. So <laughs> potentially a third, but yeah, um, yeah, I definitely think I can see her getting a world record in the next few years, so I'm going to swim it.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to uh, disrupt twice in a row. I'm going to swim it just because, I mean, like you said, so close to it, it's almost feels mean to be like, you're not going to drop those 400s. Um, as well as, I mean, if we've seen, if we learned anything from Santos is that you can do a 50 of stroke for a long time and just stay right, you know, especially um, after already – going to best time. Um, you know, there's in, you know, fifties in general, there's so many little things that, you know, you can just like tune up, whether it's, whether it's even, I mean, that's something that you could make up on just reaction time. I don't know if the reaction time wasn't that swim, but if, you know, if she was a little sluggish off the blocks, just, you know, tune that up. But also I think in the, the past, um, cause how, how old was her, her previous best nine years, nine so it was years, from
0: 2013.
3: I feel like um, in swimming, we've seen a lot of improvements in like sprint training and like understanding that in the past nine years. So I think if there's one, you know, just in terms of uh, incorporating a lot more power rather than just like, you know, like, okay, you got to do 10,000 meters a day. And, you know, just like constantly, you know, even though you train training for 50, you still got to keep up that insane uh, volume. I think we've seen a lot more improvements when it comes to sprints. So I think if there is something, especially, um, I, I don't really know her training background but if that you know something uh, if she was used to like uh, just not as much like power work and she's been getting that in most recent years I think that's something that's really going to make it easy to just take uh, little jumps forward to get that that 50 world record especially because I feel like that's something I feel like we're going to see a lot of um, people coming closer to that world record time in the next couple of years I guess in the next three because you can't count the Olympic year because no one's really going to be focusing on it that year. But definitely next year, I think we're going to see a really fast 50 breast field. So swim in that.
0: So one thing I loved about the announcers of the European Championships, (laughs) which is not much, they were kind of critical of a lot of the swimmers, but they did mention the fact that uh, before before her comeback, Ruda was training at Plymouth with, with the same coach as Ben Proud. In the UK, and so she actually does come from a history of of uh really focusing on starts and the first 15 meters, which I found pretty interesting and made sense for what she did as as a as a younger swimmer. Um, but you can kind of see that carried over to now, where her start is still pretty excellent. Her first, she's usually ahead uh, by the first 15 meters, and so I'm swimming it as well. Uh, I just had a conversation with Ruda as well, had never interviewed her before, but she, oh,
1: that's so cool.
0: she dove into all kinds of stuff. Um, she talked a lot about, uh, her, her past and just her, the early days of her career, how she developed an eating disorder, how she mm-hmm. was not mentally healthy. Um, and then eventually how she kind of came, overcame all of that or, or is currently working on a lot of that. Um, just in terms of developing those healthy habits, both, uh, physically and mentally. Um, I think the time out of the water, she had a two-year doping suspension for missing tests. She did not test positive. Um, and that was kind of, she figured even she was like, okay, this will just like be my retirement. And then ended up coming back because if you win an Olympic gold medal in Lithuania, you get like a stipend forever. And so in order for her to keep getting that stipend, she had to like come back and like do paperwork to like come back. And then she could officially retire and still have, and still get the stipend. And so she's like, okay, well, I'll come back and I'll do like a meet and then I'll retire. And then that kind of snowballed into what we (laughs) see now, which is her (laughs) winning world and European titles, um, which is, yeah, pretty, pretty cool comeback story. Um, but I think she's a lot more mature than she was when she was younger. I think she's kind of fallen back in love with racing and competing and doing it for the right reasons, not, you know, doing it because she feels the need to win or feels the need to win medals. And so I see her being able to go another best time and breaks a world record, um, as Ben said, in one of those events, you know, whether it's 50 long course, short course, 100 short course maybe, 100 long course would be a bit of a stretch. I don't think she's dipped under 106 yet in this comeback, which I'm not putting it past her. uh, But I think that might take a little more time.
2: Does the suspension that she got, even though she wasn't found to have been doping, does that knock her out of the ISL? Because I know that if you you ever doped, you're out of the ISL. I don't know if that suspension is is one of them. That's something to look into because – Obviously, this year we don't have ISL, but if, if that <laughs> yeah. lovely if league comes ever comes back. back, then I
3: think it would because it would. If you look at because I think it's just if you served a suspension, because I think that's the basis on which Lodi mm. would have been disqualified from it, because he was never, you know, his suspension oh, was yeah. never for a substance; it was just for the method you took it. Well, with. Okay, yeah, i uh, He, yeah, I mean, I he it was did... just because he took it through IV rather than like what he was taking. Well, I thought it was because he went over a certain amount that as well. But it was, I think it was a certain amount through an IV. That was the key point was the the method rather. Cause I think he was just basically just taking vitamins for because He was like worried about like,
1: (laughs) and then posted it on social media.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think
0: like, I think for a while, maybe people, I think that was kind of like a trendy thing, like getting cupped, like getting an IV was like a trendy form of recovery.
2: It still and is in right. the in the influencer world. Kendall Kardashian gets IVs when she's hungover.
0: Oh, that is yeah.
2: wild. I mean, it no. makes sense, but that is wild. I just called her Kendall Kardashian. Also, Kendall Jenner. Sorry, I'm young. Uh, well. It's Okay. <laughs> um, that is interesting. I mean, yeah,
0: I, I I guess my gut reaction would be yes. To if you've just served a yeah. suspension, then you wouldn't be Pretty it, soon. but yeah guess we'll see if isl comes back we're not going to sink or swim that because we have no evidence or information whatsoever of that so hey, next up <laughs> another but but isl-esque duel in have... the pool is Great, back anyway. It uh i it's wild man if you haven't looked at the swim swim preview for the duel in the pool you should because the event lineup is just nuts i mean it makes ISL look normal it's got broken 400 and 800 freestyles it's got traditional events it's got multi class mixed relays it's got mystery skins. it's got mystery IMs i mean like every every weird event that like has ever been tested in the waters it feels like from like pro swims to ISL cuz like if you remember There was like at least one year at at the pro swim series where they did a mystery. I am, um, but like it, it has all those (laughs) and I thought it was short course. Our preview says it's long course, which is such a bad idea to
2: me, but, uh, it's long course feels wrong also.
0: It, yeah, it's like, Ooh, it kind of takes the fun out of it, um, especially yeah. with all these weird events. It's like you want me to do mystery? I am long course, <laughs> or like <laughs> you want me to do? A, I don't know. But it's gonna be it's it's gonna be fun to watch as a fan. I feel like mm-hmm. um, the the both rosters have dropped. Yeah. The, also, a reason I'm bummed it's long course is because short course. I think the U.S. might actually have a chance. Long course, that chance is far slimmer.
2: Uh, on paper. well, it feels like they might've crafted their roster around a long course meet. There's a lot of short around a short course meet. There's a lot of short course focused swimmers on the, the dual in the pool team. So I don't know, I'm, I'm sure they, they knew, but it really seemed like they thought it was short course <laughs> to me.
0: It certainly kind of looks that way. So, uh, we have the full preview of, sorry, sink or swim, <laughs> or actually just tell me who you think is going to win men, women and combined.
2: Okay, I'll start with women. Um, I was kind of <laughs> looking at this to try to um figure out what I was thinking. And I might have a different answer for men, which we'll probably discuss after. But I kind of looked at the top four swimmers on both teams and compared them and then looked at who's left. So I, I just l- took the top four swimmers just overall, subjective rankings in my head of who the top four swimmers on both teams are. And for the US, <laughs> I said Annie Laser, Bella Sims, Beta Nelson, and Mallory Comerford. Um that Based on what the events are, that's who I thought might be like the four strongest. And then for Australia, it's Kaylee McKeon, Emma McKeon, Molly O'Callaghan and Shayna Jack. And I think you could sub out some sprinters um, for that Shayna Jack spot. So I think in the top four swimmers, I think Australia definitely wins. You know, that's Olympic gold medalists, recent Commonwealth Games medalists. And then a lot of good swimmers who are had done well at the Olympics and done well in the NCAA. But Australia's winning so far and then I just looked down the list at who's left after I took mm-hmm. out those top four and for the U.S. you have Caitlin dobbler Linnea Mack, Gabby Elbiero who as I mentioned earlier are I think strong short course swimmers, and we've seen them done well in the ISL and the NCAA but I don't think Beata that Nelson. yeah definitely a Nelson I don't think that they're going to go up against the next tier of Australians which is meg harris brianna thrussell maddie wilson <laughs> lanny pallister jenna strotch like chelsea Hodges. i just think australia on the women's side clearly has the depth and i just looked at it that way in terms of tears and it was really clear to me that australia will probably win on the women's side so i'm gonna say australia for the women um i don't know if anyone else wants to to say what the men is or what, the, what they think about the women
0: <laughs> yeah let's i mean It's pretty easy. I think we can, I'll just ask any other perspective from the women's side, because it seems pretty one-sided.
3: You went through (laughs) point by point, everything that I had in my head. So (laughs) yes, uh, I think I, uh, the, on the women's side advantage strongly in Australia's favor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So turning to the men, I think it's much, much, uh, much more even, even, maybe US dominant on the men's side. Uh what do we think for this one? Loretta, can you start I, us for the men?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's like being okay. I'm a total admitted Aussie fan. Okay. It's like James Magnuson, please unretire. Okay. But the men's 5100 on the Australian side is like really actually weak. I mean, it's actually pretty weak. So you're looking at, you know, you have Michael Andrew, you have Ryan Held. I mean, so even just, and I know there's going to be that some of these off events, which I honestly think will kind of level the playing field a little bit, but number one, my, my comment on this is it's going to be, I think, the U.S. men, primarily because of the sprinting, um, but just on the whole, I love the marketing campaign. Like, I lo- I don't know if you guys saw Swimming Australia today, but they were like, USA has like this tortoise as their mascot. Like, I just think it's funny. You know what I mean? Like the back and forth. But the other thing is they need to do t-shirt relays. I'm so mad there's not t-shirt relays <laughs> of all things. They didn't add that. So anyway, so yeah. So men, I'm giving the edge to the USA, but I don't think it's going to be a total throwdown smackdown. I think it's going to be a little bit closer, but Still giving the
3: edge to the US. I I definitely agree. Yeah, I agree as well. Just because I mean, especially in the sprints, it's very uh um level towards the the US over Australia. As well as I think the interesting thing for um because we don't have lineups, we just have the or wait, sorry, we don't have um entries, we just have the lineups. Um is there's a thing where it's like you have some Highly versatile swimmers on on the USA team, where you have uh, like you know the big ones that stand out are Michael Andrew and Shane Casas. Is in a perfect world where you could use them in every single event and they would go their ideal time. It's much more strongly in the the US's favor. However, Mm -hmm. I think it's on making sure you can manage their load properly, and especially I mean we've seen in ISL Michael Andrew try and take on a really ambitious program in a really condensed meet and it doesn't go super well because it's really hard for anyone to do that. Um, And so I think if the the key for the U.S. and making sure they can hold on to their advantage is making sure that they can tactically deploy they um they're really versatile stars and manage the program so that way they don't get burnt out by the end of uh day two and then especially if they need to supplement those weird off events that no one can really know what's going to happen going into it because i don't think we have a huge amount of uh it, prior uh, basis to analyze a uh, mystery i am Yeah, I think uh,
0: in the comments, people were saying like, oh, I mean, they're only going to swim like four or five events per session, which it's like, (laughs) 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 people at ISL did not swim that many events in a session, you know, and it's like, and they were two hour sessions. It's like, that is a lot of, you know, even if you're swimming three events in a session, which it seems like these will be, be probably between two and three hour sessions, I'm guessing they're they're cramming a lot of events in there and including a lot of skins. Um, so I'm curious as to how that's going to work, but it's, it's a lot of swimming. And I think, uh, the, the load management will be really key. Um, which is why I'm pretty excited that Dave Salo is us's head coach. He has experience with the ISL from the Tokyo from head coaching and Tokyo frog Kings. So he kind of knows how to do this. Uh, personally, I think Michael Andrews should just swim all the fifties, (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, kind of sub in everyone else as they go. You know, it's like, we have Ryan held who is actually a really good 50 butterfly or long course, 50 backstroker long course. Um, we've got Justin Ress, who can do freestyle and backstroke on the men's side. Shane costs as you mentioned, can pretty much do everything. Um, maybe not breaststroke, but who knows maybe. Um, and then like for the longer events, we've got Trent and Julian, we've got chase Kalish. So it's like I, I like how the men look or how the U S men look. I think they will take it on, on their side. Um, and again, I think that load management will just be kind of key. So then overall, who do you think is going to win this thing? Also, I, do we even well, know how it's going to be scored?
1: I just about no to idea. <laughs> oh, I'm just going on paper and I'm just anecdotally saying, I think Australia is going to, is going to get the edge that's just me kind of saying, okay, if everything was kind of point valued, kind of roughly the same, that's who I'm going with. And they're on their home turf and they have Cody Simpson. You know, maybe he'll do like a halftime show or, you know.
3: God, that would be that would, awesome. That would be cool. That's gonna tire him out for his events though. That's true.
1: <laughs> Good, right? If you're a US fan.
3: <laughs> so I'm
0: I I'm just gonna be toxically optimistic on this one topic.
1: What's I'm going to say,
0: I'm going to say the U S and it, I, I think there's a few factors that kind of weigh for and against that. Number one, obviously the U S team had to make the trip to Australia and that's a hard adjustment, no matter what, <clears throat> it's a huge travel. That's a huge time difference, but they've been there for, they will have been there for about a week, uh, at that, at, at, by the time that the racing happens, and so I think that's enough time to adjust. I think all of these people especially on the men's side, it's not their first trip on the women's side. Some of them it is, and they might not score a lot, but I think it'll be a really great experience for them. I'm super happy for them. And some of the women are are uh, experienced veterans. And I think they will kind of pull, pull their weight and uh, score the points that they need to.
2: The other thing for the U S is that a lot of these swimmers have been training all summer and training for this maybe, um, Australia, a lot of them are in the middle of Commonwealth games and dual in the pool right now. I think Cody Simpson and Emma McKeon are currently in Italy. Um, just I kind of they, hanging like, out.
0: I think they like just according to the comments, just back. they just went back.
2: <laughs> yeah so, so I think that yeah, that that will also benefit, even though the Americans did have to make the trip. Um the training aspect probably the Americans way in the field. Because there's not a lot of even world champs swimmers on this team. It's a lot of people that kind of did trials and then have been resting or training until now. So
3: that that'll benefit the U.S. a bit. Yeah. The ones that were on worlds or people who can throw like, you know, Michael Andrew and Shane Casas. Yeah. Mention them again, is like, they, yeah. And, um, but those two in particular, they throw down all of the time, no matter, you know, they you could have been in December and they would be like, yep, we're going to go with some of the fastest times in the world. Here we go. Cause they yeah. can just turn it on. And then of course, you know, you have people who like chase Kalish who are just generally awesome. <laughs> i and I think the a lot of Australia's bigger
0: dogs, Caleb Kewen Molly O'Callaghan, uh Matt Temple on the men's side, you know it's like they were at worlds, they did worlds, they did com games and so it's like they're kind of coming off the heels of, of a double championship season and uh they, I'm thinking they're at least a little tired and so maybe they will be fatigued maybe they might not, may not perform. As well as we would have expected them to, so U.S. has never lost this meet, and I think they can pull a W this time. Uh, David, Ben, what do you
3: guys think? I do going go with the U.S. I, for for me. I feel like a huge thing that is that obviously we said we don't know is the scoring because it depends on how you distribute the scoring points. Is could be something that really winds up mattering because you can either, it depends on how big of a bump you have. Triple points
0: or, for skids.
3: But not even that, just like what the, the, um, the breakdown is, like, you know, how big of a first place bump there is. Like, you know, you could, you know, like, for example, like in uh, high school versus college dual meet scoring, the only difference is that in college, it goes from six points to nine points. And then suddenly you can't win events without actually winning the event. Um, so it depends on if you're able to, you know, in terms of overall scoring and mean. the momentum of the meet, well, yeah, that did sound like a really, uh, Can't win if you defense. don't win. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it depends on like, for example, I- I'm looking at the, the breakdown with like the top four times for the, the whole roster is if you look at, for example, the women's 200. IM, Kaylee McEwen 2085 next fastest is beaten Nelson at 211 hmm. low likelihood that Kaylee doesn't win. However, U.S. has two, three, and four. So if there's a really high bonus for for winning first place to where the combination of the, you know, going two, three, and then Mm -hmm. Australia being fourth doesn't, uh, you know, either shrink that gap considerably or like tie the amount. Say The most basic is if you allot the points, you know, three, two, one, zero, then three, you get three points, and then two and one, even it out so the events are wash. But if it's like six to one, then you're only at half the points, even if you go two three. So I think mm-hmm. the U S is going to, a lot of it is going to be trying to sneak those, um, people up in, into higher scoring positions, even in events where it's like, yeah, an Australian summer is probably going to win it. Um, like Coleman said, I'm going to, I'm going to go for us on this just because they haven't lost it. And I think, it's exactly like um the medley relay in tokyo everyone was going for britain and coleman i believe called it saying that u.s was gonna win i was sitting at home going u.s is gonna win and we both got it so i think we both got it this time coleman
0: (laughs) ben you you're going with u.s as well
2: yeah u.s
1: but the real question is what does ben sweatshirt think we
0: need to ask My
2: sweatshirt. To My sweatshirt has a lot of thoughts and opinions, and people point. look at it and they don't really know what to think. So, okay. a tie, maybe a tie.
0: <laughs> That's a. All I want out of this meet is is a tie because, as, as tradition states in duel in the pool past, it comes down to a mixed medley, two hundred medley relay, which. If they do that long course will be super weird but i'm all about it <laughs> this happened in so 2013 if you're not up to speed with duel in the pool history us won. Okay. uh it was in glasgow um we were racing the european all-stars at that time but yeah so it's happened once i hope it happens again uh if there's jackpots. Um, that would just add even more craziness to the speed. Can
2: I just use right. this also as an opportunity to brag about the fact that the very first time we heard about Duel in the Pool, they were saying Ledecky versus Titmuss, Chalmers versus Dressel. And I called it that <laughs> neither of those were going to happen. And I ended up being right. And now none of those swimmers are None of it. The, none, none, the four people that were top billing are not going to be here. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Good thing we brought Duel in the Pool back. Um <laughs> this is this has gone a little long so I'm going to call it there. This has been the Swim Swam breakdown. Thank you to our Swim Swam panel for joining us today. Thank you to our audience for listening and this is the Swim Swam breakdown. Tune in every week for your week's news and swimming.